what happened A magic potion could save my life Who knew that these feelings had a name I'm worthy of change Same as you are Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me Don't you dare Who knew I was Hello, folks, and welcome to the Transitional Wisdom Podcast, where Nash and I discuss all things trans and queer related from a variety of different perspectives. Today, we are going to be discussing... Your coming out was really different. (laughs) Yeah, and really long, and I don't think it's quite over yet. (laughs) You're still coming out. Yeah, I'm still coming out on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have known about your identity for how long? Uh, my gender identity or just, like, queerness? Gender identity for, like, four years? Okay. I would say, so I'm kind of like a late bloomer. Okay, well, take us from the top. From the top? (laughs) Take it from the top. Um, Yeah, so I came out initially really young. I think I was 13, 13 or 14. I want to say 13. Um, so like, yeah, I've been out like over half my life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that queer it, life. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I had known like before that, um, probably since like, you know, 10, 11, like very, very young, just like knew something was very different. Um, and it all, it boiled up through a fight that I had with my sister over some like AOL away message that she had put up. That said, like, bisexuals are, like, uh, icky and gross or something like that. And I, like, I blew up on her. Uh, I dumped water on her head. Ugh. She called mom. Mom had to come home. And so she told mom what she had wrote, and she didn't understand why I was would be so upset about that. And so then I just yelled at her. I was like, because I am bisexual. Uh-huh. Because at that point, um, it was, it, and that obviously I don't view it this way now but I saw myself as like half normal if I could be bi then you know like at least you know there was kind of like how you talked about like seeing that glimmer of hope in your parents eyes like at least I didn't like snatch it all away at once (laughs) yeah totally um but then it just wasn't talked about after that like I didn't date anyone until I was 15 and that's when I like first started dating girls like I dated I dated some boys my freshman year of high school and then stopped after that. Um, and it just wasn't talked about until uh, my girlfriend at the time and I got uh, caught in a compromising position by the conservation police. And uh, the, had to get police? the conservation, like the game, oh. like fish and wildlife. Okay, okay. That, <laughs> I thought you meant the, like, the, like religious. Those cops. Those cops. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and got taken to the police station and had to have our parents come and pick us up 
Oh, yeah. heck. So I was already technically out, but I had not told them that I was dating someone, you know? You know, it was just like a friend that I just didn't feel the need that they needed to know that we were girlfriends. Um, and I had probably been seeing her for like six months or something at that point. Um, so that's how we were both outed again to our parents. And I don't think she was out at the time. I don't think she was out to her parents. Um, so that was a very interesting experience for sure in high school to go through all that. Um, and I got really bad at home for a couple years. Like my dad didn't really have anything to say about it. He, I mean, he's always been very like soft-spoken, like doesn't really say much about anything really. I mean, you know that he's always there for you, but like, he's not going to like voice his opinions very loud. Um, and my mom is very assertive and like her beliefs are like what kind of ruled at that time. And so she was the one that had more of an issue with everything. And, uh, it was just very bad at home. Like a lot of strict rules were made for me about who I could hang out with for how long, like just a lot of, a lot of wild shit was going on at home throughout those years. Um, it all, it led me to move out the summer before my senior year of high school. Um, I moved in with a friend and her family, uh, for that summer and like worked and did that kind of stuff. Um, and then I just kind of sat down with my parents before I started my senior year. And I was like, like, this is who I am. This isn't changing. You know, I can't continue with these obscene, um, being on basically permanent grounding. Like I was set aside certain hours, like I could spend three hours during the week out of the house with friends or with my girlfriend. It was up to me to decide, and then I would have three hours on the weekends. Like, and this was outside of, like, I, I played a lot of sports, so it was outside of my extracurricular activities as it was. But still, it was very um, fucked up, looking back yeah. on it. Yeah, very fucked up. Um, and so I just kind of, like, sat down with my mom, and I was like, I just don't understand, like, you know, I'm a... I'm a straight A student, you know, I, I play sports, you know, I'm social with friends, like, I, like, do all these things, and I was like, I don't see myself as a bad person, your one issue with me is my sexuality, um, and I remember her saying, well, exactly, you are all these things, you know, like, blah, 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 why, but I don't get why you have to make such a big deal like, I don't, I don't get why your sexuality has to make a bit. And it was very weird because it was like she was trying to flip it back on me and, like, kind trying to push me back into the closet is what it felt like at that point. You know, like, why do you have to talk about it if you are all these other things, you know, then just, like, you know, put put it over here in the corner. Put the sexuality stuff over there, yeah. Yeah, and I, I said to her, I was like, because it is a big deal because, like, I was the only person out in high school like no one else was out like I was like I'm I'm not dumb like I see the looks like people may not say anything to my face like but like you pick up on those things as a kid I was like because it is a big deal you know and um I ended up moving back in and things were okay at that point um and then I moved out to uh LA actually after that and just kind of like I really needed to separate myself from my family at that point, like I yeah. it just, it, it, you know, I know I, knew, I needed to get out of Illinois. I needed, 
you know, I needed to have all these other experiences for myself. Like, it wasn't working. And I also needed it to, like, being adopted gives you a certain perspective that, like, you can be chosen by people. Like, blood, you know, like, I don't have that connection with blood relatives. Like, family is who I say it is. And, like, realizing that, that that goes both ways was a very powerful moment for me. Wow. That that I could say, if you don't accept me like this, then that's fine. Then we we won't be family. Just how, like, you chose me from birth. Like, you know, so if I am important to you, like, this is who I am. Like, you know, kind of take it or leave it. Like, we'll see each other once a year or we can have a better relationship. Like, I really just threw it on them because, you know, I'm, I'm the child. It's not my responsibility. Um, exactly. So then it, it got better after that. Um, I only brought uh, women home for like holidays or whatever um that went on for years um to the point where like I mean my dad's all about it he liked my last girlfriend I always I always uh tease uh him and my stepmom I was like you guys liked her more than you liked me like (laughs) I was like I was like a little worried during that breakup that like you guys were gonna take her over me um but take her side of the divorce (laughs) um But, yeah, so, like, it was all really good on that front. Like, I mean, but that was, you know, that was 10 years, 11 years in the works of just being, like... process. Yeah, of just being, like, this is me and this is who I'm bringing home. And I never really came out to, like, my grandparents or anything like that. Um, Only my dad's mom is still alive. And I've I've brought girlfriends um home for christmas over there and she gives them gifts like grandma doesn't care <laughs> like, yeah, grandma just fucking whatever. loves me yeah yeah she's <laughs> awesome um but i don't really associate with my um mom's side of the family um but other than that yeah it was pretty smooth sailing until i kind of started to dive deeper into who i was as a person <laughs> yeah how did that go um good scary long um so uh like I said before all this like I've kind of started my gender journey like four-ish years ago I would say um I like there's always been something there like I've like yeah I identified as a lesbian for a really long time um but there's just always something I, I I don't know, there that just wasn't quite right, that I never really felt like I quite fit in to certain groups and everything. And I I, I don't know, I think I ran across it um, online in something about, it wasn't dysphoria, it was maybe transitioning, but I didn't find non-binary right away. I found a lot of binary, like female to male, male to female. And like I was reading some stories. Oh, I think I came across trans industry and I was reading a lot of stories and like, I could like pick and pull like certain aspects from like, you know, a ton of different people's stories. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And that kind of makes sense. But I was like, but this doesn't, and that doesn't. So I'm not really trans. Like I kind of avoided it for a little bit. And then I kind of started like going into it further and like, and then I got online and like actually Googled like, like transgender and found that there was more than just male to female and female to male. Cause that's what was really confusing to me is like, I couldn't identify within the binary. 
Like, that was just so, and still is, like, so foreign. It just does not make sense to me. And when I found non-binary and gender non-conforming, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. But then I was left at, but then where do I go from here? Like, <laughs> right. Like, you know, do you start medically transitioning right away? Like, do you, can you get top surgery? Do you have to, you know, like, and then, so all that. But after, it was pretty immediate after that, um, a lot of my processing is through writing. So I wrote, you know, the short little thing and I gave it to my girlfriend and uh, my cousin Ryan. And those are like the two people that I came out to. And I still know I didn't like use the words, but it was just like, it was obvious enough that I was just like, I'm not a girl. <laughs> but I didn't right. use the words like I'm non-binary. Like it was just very, this processing of being in between and finding comfort in that. And I was just like, yeah, so this is kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> um, and they're both very supportive, like, you know, all of that. And I kind of just processed a lot of my own for a while. I did a lot of different writings. Like I read a lot. I probably stayed in my head a little too much during that time. Um, as we do. As we do. But at that point, it wasn't thinking about coming out to family members was just too daunting. Like, I knew that there wasn't going to be, like, quote-unquote, an issue. Like, I knew I was safe. Like, all of those. It just, I really needed to do this for me. Like, this was something that I needed to sit with, that I wanted to process, that I wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't have five, six, you know, seven, eight, different people's voices in the back of my head, you know, influencing different things. Um, Definitely. So I actually started testosterone with before coming out um, to family. And I got top surgery about a year after I had been on uh, T, maybe close, like a year and a half or so. Um, I actually had top surgery before uh, coming out to my dad and my stepmom as well. Um, I came out to my sister beforehand <laughs> because I, I'm definitely more like, I talk more with my sister than I do with my dad and my stepmom. Like we have conversations a lot, but Molly and I like talk a lot uh, more often. And I have the conversations with my parents more in person. Like I don't really like text them as much or call them. Um, and we live a couple hours away, but I had told Molly beforehand. And at that point I had planned on, I really thought it was important for me to come out to them before I had top surgery. Like the testosterone thing was different because like it, I kind of viewed it as none of their business and I needed to go through those initial changes on my own, you know, without maybe the watchful gazeful eye of like, so how's this week going or, you know, whatever. Um, so I wrote a letter, wrote a couple letters, wrote a couple more letters, and another letter, and <laughs> uh, and then of, five more. <laughs> uh, you know, I no, I seriously, I wrote and rewrote a letter, you know, over fifty times at least, and they never got sent. I brought them down with me a couple times during visits, and it was, I know I definitely made up some excuses, but there was also other like legitimate, like just shit that came up when I came down to visit, like you know, serious things with my brother came up and I was just like, no, like, this is not the time. But I'm also very good at, like, putting my own shit 
like back and putting yeah. other people in front of me, especially when it makes me uncomfortable to talk about my yeah. own shit. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't tell them before I had surgery, even though I had planned to. <laughs> Do they know now? <laughs> um, that's actually still unclear. Um, it's unclear because, like, now they know, just real quick, now they know, but then my stepmom made a comment about, like, oh, well, like, some point we'll talk about surgery, and I was just thinking, I was like, because I'm planning on having a hysterectomy, but, like, I don't think that they know that. So I'm like, but do they not know that I've had top surgery? But I'm pretty sure they do know. Because also, my family's a gossip mill. So I know that they know. Okay. Like, we joke that, like, the Doyle monthly newsletter comes out and, like, what's new going around this month. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, so I know that people have... But I know... So I feel like they know that I've had top surgery. So I don't know what surgery she was referring to. She wasn't referring to that. But now I'm like, maybe she was talking about top surgery. So we gotta, we gotta sit down and talk again. (laughs) But you, you've never taken your shirt off in front of them or anything? No. And they haven't seen pictures of you and like Molly with your shirt off? No, I guess not. Because you know, like, you know that Molly and I, like we visited a a couple times, like, and we travel and we hike and, you know, go on the lake and stuff. So so maybe Molly only shows them my, my shirted pictures, my clothes. Yeah, gotta ask. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, I I came out to my sister because um, I thought that that was really important, and I also just wanted to, you know, keep her informed. And like we had talked about it before, so it was more comfortable for me to be like, yeah, so I'm having surgery, and she's a nurse, so yeah. like that. That's always nice. And um, she was very persistent that like I needed to tell my parents and I agreed and it just did not happen. So I spent Christmas with still having to wear my compression vest with them because I, cause I had surgery like the middle of December. And so I visited them like a couple weeks after I had surgery. Was that weird? Uh, yeah, it was like, I felt like I was definitely like hiding something, but I also wasn't in the space to be like, now's the time to tell you. You know, like, I was still, like, definitely had that post-surgery, like, fog, and it was just, like, I couldn't even, like, process anything at that point, like. Sure. So I knew it wasn't the right time to come out, but it definitely felt like I'm hiding this from you. Like, I have to make sure that I wear long sleeves that come up high enough that, you know, that that kind of thing. It was just, yeah, it was kind of awkward. Yeah. So then when did you come out to them? Um, like <laughs> last month, <laughs> like oh, last <laughs> like a year later. <laughs> so you've been coming out for like a year. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that it kind of affected me for a while because, like, if I would go back home, I would have to, like, since I wasn't out, I would like shave my hair shorter or like trim it, like my facial hair more. Um you know, on conversations that I would have on the phone, you know, they always said, oh, it sounds like you have a cold. I'm like, half the time I do have a cold, but that's not what it is. <laughs> um, you know, so it definitely, like, it never made me not go down there, but it definitely brought up a lot more anxiety of, like, going to visit them. Yeah. And um, so before I took this last trip um, out to Seattle and down to New Orleans with them, I was like, that's it. Like, it's done. Like, it needs to happen. Like, I, I was not shaving before I went out to Seattle. Um, like, I wasn't, I don't even think I really trim my facial hair that much. 
um, beforehand. So this was like kind of one of the first times I was more presenting as myself. Like I still had facial hair when I came out and saw you in October, but it wasn't like this long. Like I definitely trimmed a lot of it. Um, so it's still there. So it's still that skating around the issue type of thing that I like to do. But this past time I was just like, no, it's out there. So I finished my letter and I thought I strategically mailed it out so that they would get it in the time that I was out visiting my sister until I was going to fly down and have like two days with them in New Orleans before my sister came out and joined us. So I thought I strategically mailed it out that they got the letter while I was out there. And so I flew down to New Orleans fully expecting like this big old talk and everything. And then it never got brought up. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't get the letter before they left. Oh my God. Plot twist. Plot twist. So I'm like all like ready, you know, like we had a fishing trip, not that next day, but the day after. And I was like, well, it'll probably come up after that. Like, we'll be in a car for an hour, got to drive there. Like, maybe then it'll come out. So I'm just, like, anxious the whole fucking time. Turns out they never even got it. Oh, Um, my gosh. (laughs) But we had, there was this moment at, we went to this brewery, and there was this moment where I was walking to go and order food, and the waitress called out, um, sir, or something like that. And I just ignored her because I'm really good at that. And so I just walked to go get my food. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to... Maybe she was talking to my dad. But I was like, my dad wasn't standing there. So she's definitely talking to me. And that's just awkward. Like, I haven't talked to my parents yet. Um, and so I knew that. And then my... Like, a minute later, my dad walked by and, like, patted me on the back. And then, like, went into the bathroom. Like, but it was, like, that weird, like, show of, like, solidarity. Like... I feel like he knew that I knew, that I heard, that they heard type of thing. Um, But then we still didn't talk about it for a couple days. And I don't know. I don't remember how it got brought up with my stepmom. We were slightly intoxicated. And um, we were standing outside while the rest of them were inside. And... She just said, well, you know he knows. And I was like, I know he knows. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, did you guys not get my letter? And then it like just came full circle. Like they hadn't got the letter. I was waiting for them to say something. They were waiting for me to say something. And I was like, she told me, and this is what, this is what I didn't want, is that he thought it was because I couldn't trust him that I didn't want to tell him. And I was like, That's not it. Like, I had to do this for me. Like, this is not... I was like... And she said... And he thinks that if he doesn't understand, then he's going to, like, lose you in some way type of thing. And I was like, no. Like, that's not it. Like, I don't need him to understand. Like, I don't... I don't need you to quote-unquote get it. Like, that to me isn't important. Like, I just needed him to know that this is me... And to accept and to love. Okay, so you just wanted his, you just needed to know that he loved and accepted you. You didn't really need him to understand any of it or no. get it or whatever. No, okay. and maybe and maybe if I was binary, I would expect the understanding. You know, so maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm selling myself short a little bit, you know. But it's also just a lot for people to understand. 
Or maybe could you just be that you're comfortable enough in your identity that you don't really need him to get it? Yeah. And that too. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Right. Like, if you understand or not. Like, this is who I am. And as long as you make it known that, like, you love me and that you're there for me and that you accept me and that you understand, like, that what I am is different, but maybe you don't understand the ins and outs of it. Like, I don't expect my dad to go. I mean, he probably would. I mean, he's gone to gay bars with me, but I don't expect him to go to, like, gay pride parades and, like, march with me. But he probably would if I asked him to. Like, yeah. But, you know, like, that isn't the type of support that I need. Totally. And also, like, my gender, like, yeah, it takes up a lot of, like, who I am as a person and, like, definitely a lot of, like, my online interactions. But, like, as far to my day-to-day type of, like, conversations and all that, it's not that high on the list. Sure. You know? And so I don't feel like it needs to be brought up all the time and, like, talked about all the time. So yeah. I, that's kind of, I, I don't know. Like, we just have, I, I, I don't know. Like, it is a big part of my life, but it's not everything. Yeah. About you. it, kind of. So we had that conversation. Um, and KJ's always been really good about, like, facilitating conversations as well um and my dad and I really just aren't like we could talk about all the surface things but like big like issues we don't really jump into so she even offered to like bridge the gap and uh like while we were down in New Orleans like if we wanted to all have a conversation while I was down there and unfortunately I got sick my last couple days down there and I just wasn't feeling it so we didn't end up talking in person but I had talked to her about it Um, And I also knew that they had the letter waiting for them at home. So that was the original way that I wanted to come out. So that just kind of wanted to stick with my plan like that. Um, So we ended up, we drove back and everything was good. I got home and then I think it was either the next day or the day after. um, My dad texted and just said, we got your letter. Thank you. I love you. And then he just said, like, just if you knew my dad, what you would expect. It was like no big deal. He just said it was very well written. <laughs> and so I just had to I just had to laugh at that because it was just like no big deal. Right. Like that was just his way of saying, I love you. It was a good letter. Like kind of like end of discussion kind of thing. <laughs> so that was really awesome. Um, and then I saw them uh, like a week later. Uh, at my nephew's birthday party, they came up for my nephew's birthday party, so I got to see them. But unfortunately, I come from a big family, and obviously we didn't get a chance to talk, but my dad did pull me aside at that and, like, gave me a hug and just, like, patted me on the back. He was like, I just want you to know that I love you and we're proud of you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was pretty much, like, not an issue. Is that what you were expecting? Um, Yeah. Kind of, um, you know, it was just, and I'm sure we'll have more conversations because we'll have to talk about surgery and that kind of stuff because there's still that weird, I don't know if they know that I've had top surgery. Like, I think they know, but I'm not 100% sure, you know. Is that something that you want to explain to them or does it, like, does it feel important to you to have that conversation and share with them what you have done or what do you think? Yeah, I think so because, like, I also just want to be able to be myself 
around them. And, like, a lot of our family activities involve, like, I fish with my stepmom. Like, we go out to the lake throughout the summer. I go down and see them at, like, out at the lake. So there's, like, a lot of outdoor activities. Like, we go hiking all the time. You know, we travel together a lot. And I just want to be able to be myself. And so I think that it's important to have that conversation in person so I'm not just like have my shirt off and it's just like a visual shock. Right. Like I want them to be able to process with me without just like throwing it in their face kind of thing. But, I, you know, and I'm also planning a hysterectomy, you know, hopefully as soon as possible. And I think that'll also help bridge the gap that if I do need assistance during the surgery, you know, because I don't have a partner now, you know, it would be nice to be able to talk to someone about, you know, this upcoming recovery and all of that and so, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a needed conversation that will happen. Do you think it's something that you'll initiate with them or do you think it's something that you're going to wait for to come up naturally somehow? Because it, it sounds like um, sounds like you're all on the same page of avoiding things until, uh, you know, no longer possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, we, we kind of are. <laughs> so who will make the first move is what I'm wondering. <laughs> um, probably KJ. I'll probably talk to her and... Just be like, hey, if this is something, you know, and we haven't seen each other since then, unfortunately. So it's been, you know, about three weeks or so, um, you know, I'll probably just coordinate with her and ask her, you know, next time we do see each other, I want to make sure that we do set time aside. You know, I think I just have to do better with more being assertive in that regard of being like, hey, I know that our family has a lot of shit going on, but like. I need this 30 minutes to an hour to like talk about this and maybe not put all of my stuff on the back burner because I have a tendency to like deem it unnecessary or, you know, I can handle a lot of shit on my own because that's just what I'm used to doing. So I think, you know, I can handle it that way, but it's kind of detrimental to everything that goes on. So I kind of just need to like put it out there and just be like, hey, I need an hour. But yeah, so it's been good. And I'm sure I'll have continuous coming out stories. And you came out to your sister, your sister and your cousin at the same time, right? I came out to my partner and Ryan at the same time. And I think I told Molly, like, pretty soon thereafter. Okay, and what were, what was Molly's reaction? I know that you're, you're both adopted, so, but you mm-hmm. grew up together, right, from young? Yeah, yeah, so, from birth. So you're still, you're still her, you know, sibling that she's had. I looking this uh-huh. one way for so long. I'm curious if she had any feelings or thoughts on. I think her more concern was surgeries, you know, and her being a nurse as well. She didn't know what that meant for me, you know, recovery wise, that kind of stuff. I mean, I haven't like had any outright conversations uh like my family still calls me by my birth name and well technically I guess my adopted name but whatever (laughs) they call me by my birth name and um (laughs) uh, that's not an issue to me you know that's who I've always been to them um you know they still call me I even wrote in my letter to my dad like I'm still your daughter you know I'm still Molly's sister like if those terms are important to them like they, they really do not bother me at all because I don't really view them in like a feminine way that's just who I've always been as a person to them so that doesn't really so like we never had a conversation about like pronouns or about name change or 
you know, this or that. It was just kind of like, this is who, like, I feel that I am. And something that was really cool is she was in nursing school at the same time. um, And one of their research projects, um, her and her group wrote a paper on... I won't get it exactly right, but some sort of um, trans health care, like the lack of it and how it affects trans patients, the lack of um, like training and knowledge of medical professionals and how that impacts patients. Um, so that was really cool. And she sent that to me and everything. So that was like her show of support in a way. And I was like, that's all I needed. Um, but yeah, she was concerned about the surgeries for sure. Um, and then... Uh, she actually took me to my post-op appointment Okay. to get my drains out for top surgery. Cool, that's nice. Yeah, so that was really cool. She took the uh, first shirtless photos of me, too, after we got home. So <laughs> cute, I love it. So um, you, yeah. you mentioned that you, in the letter to your, your dad, that you said, you know, you're still his daughter and that sort of thing. Do you think that... Do you think that if you did not identify as non-binary or have like the very uh, have like you know you're you're more impartial to mm-hmm. pronouns or you're more you know you're more lenient with what people call you? Do you think if that were not the case, if that wasn't your identity, do you think at that point you would say to your dad, "I need like I am your son and I need this," or do you think that you'd always put your your own needs aside? No, I think. I think if I identified binary, terminology and language would matter a lot more than what it does to me. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter uh, to me, you know, at all, but I'm not his son and I'm not his daughter. So what, what's, you know, there's no like, there's no terms that I'm like, yeah, this is what I, this is, you know, this is what I want to be called, you know, or something like that. So it's just like, I mean if I'm not a son and not a daughter and I've always been called daughter and that's, you know, that it's comfortable fine, yeah. for them and it's comfortable with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, cause we've talked about before, but yeah, if I, yeah, if I was binary, definitely, I think language would be a huge impact. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to feel out if you would always be more, just more understanding and more like, okay, it's okay. You know, cause we've, we've talked about before, like if that was me, you know, in your situation, I would not be able to just say like, you can call me your daughter or, or those types of things. And I point that out because I think it's just super important the way that in some ways you and I are both very similar with like, if you want to label them like masculine tendencies or feminine tendencies, mm-hmm. like we have very similar of that. But then there's also these big things that are okay with you that would never be okay with me or vice versa. And, and just to kind of illustrate like, there's not one way to be trans or non-binary or trans masculine or trans feminine. It's like this very broad spectrum. And I think that we kind of illustrate that <laughs> like you and I. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. That's why, you know, like I always say like intention behind it means more, but that's coming from my personal perspective. You know, if someone else says, no, these terms are misgendering and that's harmful and that's violent, then absolutely. Then those terms on them are violent and, you know, just, uh, misgendering, but that's just not how I, I personally see it. So yeah, I think it's definitely important to like, everybody's different. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that just also goes to show like how different, like our coming out was, there's no one right way to come out. 
you know, to family or friends or whatever. I think, you know, there's a huge uh, array of tools that you can definitely use to your advantage, but you have to do what's going to work for you. Yeah. Is now a good time for us to talk about said tools? <laughs> yeah. Let's give some people some tips and tricks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the obvious one is obviously writing a letter yeah that's my go-to uh 100% yeah write one five fifty letters you know however many times it takes but I think I think it's um, I think the taking your time the first step is to yeah taking your time with yeah it definitely and making sure that like because you just said you know 50 letters whoa like that to me seems like a lot but that, that's also not a lot like that's that's 50 letters to get to the point of being able to really explain yourself in a way that you feel good about and mm-hmm. so i think you know it doesn't need to be something that's like done the second you you come to terms with this and exactly and you and like my first the first version of the letter that i rewrote several times i had it completed and i ended up losing it and I, I deleted it out of my drafts, out of my email. I didn't have a hard copy of it anymore. So then the second version I wrote, like, I maybe only rewrote that one, like, twice, two or three times. And I thought it was better than the first okay, one. Okay, Like, everything fucking happens for yeah, a reason. everything happens for a reason. <laughs> but I think I definitely needed that process, you know, of writing to just really, in, you know, internally process what I was going through and what how I wanted to present myself now. In a way. Definitely. But I think it's definitely important to, you know, like, you need to uh, analyze what situation you're in. You know, is it safe for you to come out? Um, you know, is, and unfortunately, a lot of people's, you know, families cannot be understanding. Um, do you run the risk of maybe being kicked out? If so, you know, there's a ton of different resources to look into before, you know, coming out or, you know, maybe coming out isn't the best decision in that regards until you can safely get out of that family home but I don't know yeah definitely what what do you think about that like because I think we both knew that we were going we were both very privileged to know that we were going to be loved and I don't think at least for me I know that wasn't really in the background of my like of my thoughts you know I didn't worry about losing connections with my dad or my stepmom or being cut off in that kind of way either. But I think that is a huge worry for a lot of people in the community. Yeah. Um, I didn't worry about it with my immediate, immediate family. Um, I, I worried about it with, you know, f- family, friends and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that, you know, ha- like you said, getting resources together ahead of time, going into, you know, if you feel like having that conversation or coming out you know, has to happen right now and you are concerned or unsure of how things will go. Yeah. I think having resources ahead of time. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think like LGBT centers and there's a lot of different centers and stuff in major and then also small cities or whatnot. Um, I know that they typically have like resources for, for shelters or anything like that. So I think Mm -hmm. just having a plan is me. I'm like, I'm very much a planner. So I think having a plan of some sort is always helpful just because, you know, like obviously the hope is everything goes perfectly, but if it doesn't, at least you're not starting from the bottom, trying to pick up the pieces right Mm -hmm. away. You can, you know, you can get going and start moving forward in a, in a safe and healthy way. Yeah. And just to have that plan in place beforehand and not need it, is better than not 
you know, having any resources available to you. And there's a lot of hotlines that you can call as well, you know, for LGBT youth. Yeah. Um, to be able to call and I know so when I had when I came out to my parents, I know that something that helped them was seeing uh examples of other trans people. Um because they want I think that they needed to see what trans looked like, <laughs> you know, what, mm-hmm. what trans can look like, uh, what to, what to expect. Um, I think when, you know, not obviously not everybody's like this, but I think that some people just need to know like what the outcome might be. And I think that that kind of <sighs> comforts some like of the anxieties of what, what can happen and everything. So I went on YouTube and I found, you know, a couple of uh, trans guys whose videos I'd seen before and I showed my parents some pictures and some videos and just said like, you know, this person's been on hormones for this this long or whatever and just give them some information mm-hmm. and let them let them see some examples and that that really helped them because they were able to just conceptualize what a trans person is like yeah. you know, I mean as much as as much as I had never seen anybody, they hadn't either. So or knowingly at least, you know, so I think uh, having just something to look at was really helpful um, in understanding. Uh, you know, we when I was growing up, the the exposure I had to trans people was Jerry Springer and mm-hmm. and that's and boys don't cry. Do you think also having your sister as like kind of a buffer? Yeah, just having that built in, like that built in to like reinforce like pronouns and names. Yeah. Uh, I think definitely helped because I just didn't have to, I didn't have to deal with a lot of it. You know, when there were comments or, or issues or mispronouning, whatever, misgendering, you know, she would, she would take it upon herself to deal with instead of me. And that was really nice because I think all I wanted to do was just focus on myself, um, and let the transition be about me. And it, and I didn't want anything taking away from that. So having somebody that was willing to like step in and take that responsibility on, yeah, it was definitely helpful. Yeah, I mean, you're already, you know, stressed out about everything else to just kind of have that person take the point on the tedious, repetitive conversations. For sure. You know? For sure, yeah. I think having, you know, I think a good idea would be if you're not willing or comfortable with with answering questions for your parents or for whoever whoever you are coming out to, uh, I think, like, having something like printouts of definitions. Just gonna say that. Good one, man. Same page having like printouts of the definitions could be really helpful because you know and i think we've talked about something like this before but it's just an easy way of answering questions without having to verbalize them because i know i would Mm -hmm. get very uncomfortable verbally having to say things but typing or writing them was a lot easier so yes just know that there are probably there are most likely going to be some sort of questions so with that in mind you know prepare yourself for that and do it in a way that feels good. So if that's printouts that you can hand out, like, great, like get a dry erase board and do a, a, a like a little school lesson, like, you know, make it fun. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like these are situations and got to make the most of them. So if you can do something funny with it and that feels good for you, by right. all means. And, you know, just light, light the mood a little totally. bit. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and along with, you know, all of this is like mental prep. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just kind of anticipate, you know, the, all of the questions they could have so that you're not caught off guard. All right. Those are our few tips. <laughs> Hopefully they're helpful and people can always share if they have any that work and you want to share them with other people, like let us know or just comment or whatever. Get the get the information out there. Make people feel good about their 
coming out. <laughs> it's such a scary yeah. experience. How about you tell us? Yeah, tell us. Tell us how you guys came out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Transitional Wisdom. If you feel you'd like to share your story or if there's a topic you would like us to cover, please email us at nash at transitionalwisdom.org or visit our website, transitionalwisdom.org. And please don't forget to like, share, rate, whatever. It really helps us reach a wider audience of people who may find this helpful. And hey, thanks. Who knew this would happen to me? could save my life Who knew that these feelings had a name I'm worthy of change Same as you are Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me Don't you dare Who knew I was